You got your AARP card? It's the WUSA World Vet Nats! A Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, welcome in. This is Chris Kiefer and this is the RockyMountainATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATV, street bikes, and dual sport bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. I just did it myself last week. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one-stop shop for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Hopefully you li- you guys out there like that new LE gear that was at the Monster Cup. I am going to wear it this weekend at the Vet National. I love it. And, of course, they have much more than just gear. They've got helmets. They've got boots. They've got socks. They've got chest protectors. They've got snowmobile gear. It's back in season. It's going to be snowing soon. BMX wear. Casual wear, anything you want, flyracing.com has it. Go get it simply by clicking on flyracing.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you. And of course, Racetech, racetech.com. If you're racing Glen Helen this weekend at the Vet National, you're going to need Racetech. Holy hell, it's rough. So get that stuff revalved, get some gold valves in there, get your stuff rebuilt. Gosh, please. You should have seen the oil that came out of my forks not too long ago. Travis Preston took apart my fork, and he's like, what is going on? I go, I didn't send it to Race Tech. I screwed up. He's like, dude, you should have because your oil was black, and it was all broken down. So make sure you guys out there go rebuild your stuff, fork and shock. And hell, if you want to, get your engine done. Send your head into Andrew over at Race Tech. Get some more power. Sear F250R. Jerry Robin loves it. He stole my head off of me. Ah, now he's on it. He's racing 250 West Supercross. Go check those guys out, racetech.com. Send me an email, chris at kieferinktesting.com, and I'll get you guys a discount code. Save yourself some money. Make your life easier, less headaches. Go ride your dirt bike. It's what we do here. And hey, since this is a Kawasaki KX450 pod with Joe Aloff, you guys want a new Kawasaki, Go over to Power Motorsports. They're in Oregon, but don't let that freak you out if you're somewhere else in the United States, okay? I had a buddy that bought a motorcycle from Power Motorsports that lived here next to me in Asperia, California. He got a really good deal by simply going, hey, Kiefer, I want to get a good deal. I sent him up with David over at Power Motorsports, and he's, dude, he dialed him in hard. It was awesome. He got a brand new bike for 8500 bucks. So if you guys are looking for a new Kawasaki, KTM, Yamaha, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will get you in touch with David over there and save you guys even more money. All right, guys, we're three days out. What? Yeah, three days out. 
WUSA World Vet Nationals at Glen Helen. I race it not religiously every year, but the past few years I have. I uh, won a moto last year, had some problems the second moto. So this year I'm looking to get some redemption in and hopefully win the 40 Pro. But lots of competition this year, as usual. It's always a tough event. Just because those guys are old doesn't mean they don't go fast, because they do. Uh, it was really tough last year. I'm sure it'll be tough this year. But I broke it down with Joe Aloff. If you listen to this story in this podcast that you're about to to hear, me and him banter back and forth about the bike, how he, uh, how and why he is going to race the W World Vets. And uh, but I figured it'd be a cool podcast for you guys to listen to of what he wanted to do to his 2020 Kawasaki KX450. It was our test bike. I simply uh, was out there riding with Joe one day, and I talked him into racing, as I do with a lot of my buddies, a.k.a. Steve Mathis, that's racing this weekend as well. Holy hell, Steve is racing. Can you guys believe it? I, I just said that, and it just dawned on me what's going on. Like, As long as I've known Steve, I've never seen him race. We always hear about his Manitoba titles, but we never seen him race. But you guys can. Going to Glen Helen this weekend. Mathis, his Canadian ass, and his Japanese Yamaha are going to shred the Glen Helen Hills. As well as my buddy Joe Aloff. He was a team subway Honda rider back in Supercross. Rode for AM Leonard KTM. Just a really hardworking journeyman privateer. Good dude. Has a family now. Is a fireman. But he still rides with his son Liam. And I just kind of said, hey man, how come you don't race anymore? What if I get you a bike, one of my test bikes, and let's do a project on it? Let's let's build it. Let's let's let you go racing. And he was reluctant at first, but he liked the Kawasaki a lot, and that is what was available for me to give to him. And he's been uh, losing weight. He's been charging hard, and he's been busting his ass to get to this race this weekend. So it's very cool of him and his family to give him some time to uh, get prepared because, as you know, us racers, we don't want to come in half-ass, and Joe especially. He's not built that way. So um, we set him up with that Kawasaki after the bracket shootout, and he's been massaging it what he really wants on the bike. So he's just massaging that Kawasaki, figuring out what he wants, adding parts, um, and really dialing in for him. So for you guys, in this episode of the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, I got with Joe. He came over. We talked about his Kawasaki, what he wanted, what he liked, what he didn't like, and what he would want to improve. And we just banter back and forth on uh, his ultimate race weapon that he's going to go out at Glen Helen and beat the shit out of. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy it. You guys take away something from it. As always, you can always email me. You, do, you know the email. I've said it 14 times already. You guys have any questions, hit me up. I'm here to help. That's why we have this podcast. But hopefully I see you guys this weekend at Glen Helen. Saturday, I'll be parked out somewhere in the North 40. If you see a white van out in the middle of nowhere by our lonesome, that's possibly me. Sunday, I'll be around Jamie at Twisted Development because I will be racing the Yamaha YZ450F on Saturday. And then Jamie at Twisted Development built me a badass KTM 450SXF that I'll be racing on Sunday. So come over, say hi. Let's talk about dirt bikes. Let me know about your uh, love life, your wife, if you're a basement husband, if you're not, 
If you're shredded and hot and have abs, don't even come over because I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, don't come talk to me. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned for Joe and I. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And please, oh, please, support these advertisers that support this podcast. It keeps it up and moving. It really does. All you guys supporting my advertisers and telling them that, hey, I, I'm over here because of Kiefer, it really does help me. Because those guys call me or text me or email me and say, hey, so-and-so came by because, you know, and got this part because of you. So that means something to me. Of course, I will always try to steer you in the right direction and, of course, always be honest with you guys. So that's, uh, that's what my mission statement is over here, just like Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? All right, stay tuned for Joe. Thanks for listening. All right, we're three days out from... What is it? The WUSA World Vet Championships. I'm here with Joe Aloff. We just did a story on keyforinktesting.com about a phase one of what Joe is doing to his 2020 Kawasaki KX450. So basically how this started, I'll just lay this out in case I didn't read the story. Hi, Joe. By the Hi. Way. How are you? How are everybody? Uh, we, I was racing. I don't know. What was I doing? I was racing the... We're going to go race the AMA Nationals, and we were talking about vet nationals that were coming up. And I basically told Joe that I wanted him to race. This is what I do. I influence my friends to do shit. I got Steve to race. Uh, I've got a couple other buddies to race as well, and then I got you going. Yeah. And yep. Joe is Rope a fireman. You've you uh, basically well, you're a fireman. You have time. You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that and uh i i talked him into racing he was like no i'm out i'm out he didn't want to do it but then he's like if i can get a bike that i like i will i'll do it that's basically how it went down right uh yeah pretty much that's the that's the tame version of what went down right it was a shit talk session pretty much a lot and, of name calling probably yeah and you're like you should race right and i was like i don't want to race i raced for many many years i don't want to race it's so, not fun to go racing if, like, you're out there just miserable. So I'm like, ah, it takes too much time, prep, all that stuff. And then your wonderful wife spoke up. <laughs> yeah, shocking. And that, that, was, that was the sealer. She said, well, we'll get you a bike. We'll get you whatever you want. And I'm like, uh -huh. she said it. It's done. And uh -huh. you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh -huh. So would, that, would, would the Kawasaki been your first choice anyway? Uh, I think so. I, I picked it last, last year's shootout. Uh, it was my favorite, and I felt really good on it. And then, obviously, this year it's the same bike, and I felt really good on it again. Um, so, yeah, it turned out, you know, like I got on the bike I pretty much wanted. Uh, you rode the Suzuki. I gave you the Suzuki. Um, my friend's one of my other buddies, Greg. He's like, I'll know if I'm not your friend anymore if you say I can have the Suzuki for the year. And I go, that's <laughs> that's jacked up. That's not, that's not true. <laughs> like, the Suzuki's not that bad of a motorcycle. But you rode it. You enjoyed it while you while you had it. I felt like you did anyway because we did some modifications to it and you enjoyed it. But you also had a KTM that you rode from time to time that you owned. And then when you got back on that, you're like, oh, wow, I can really feel a difference. You know, like the KTM is pretty good. Yeah, there's just uh, kind of the motor and I don't know. I, I hadn't ridden it in a while. I, I did like the Suzuki. I still like the Suzuki. Um, there's a lot. Not, I don't want to say a lot, but you have to do probably more to get it ready to probably go race. Mm -hmm. um, to get it ready to, to just ride locally and have fun on, 
um, just a few things like we, we wrote about last year. Um, and it's a really good bike. So I, I did that, hopped on my KTM a few times. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, well, I still need, if I were to go race this Suzuki, then I would still need a few things to it. So need some more motor and yeah, right. Yeah. Just a few more things. I have another question. I never really raced as much as you. I mean, you raced a lot during the years and you accomplished a lot and I raced, but I wasn't week in and week out. You did the full series, AMA Supercrosser. How many years, two questions actually, this spawned another question. How many years did you make it a full series, like through a full series without getting injured and you made all 17 rounds? How many years did you do that? Oh, well, I'd have to think. The first probably half of my career, I did uh, either east, mostly east because I grew up obviously back east, but for a couple seasons I did west, so I didn't do the whole thing. Um, But once I moved up to 450, I think in 02, Uh I know I didn't make all of them. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But But once you did did make a full series at some point. Yeah. I mean, that was always the goal once I moved up. Okay, you need to go race all these rounds. It was just a matter of finding the the funds to go and do it and then obviously staying healthy. Um, So from probably 02 to... When did I get hurt? Oh, five. Yeah. Um, probably like four or five years because I did it a couple years after I got broke my neck too. So I don't know, probably four years, five years of doing the whole thing and then outdoors on top of that. Right. That's, dude, that's brutal. That was yeah. gnarly. I can't even imagine. Um, so my question is, you just said it in the beginning of this podcast was you don't, you're not into it like you used to be into it. Obviously you have a job, you have a family and things have changed, but you're like, I don't want to go racing. Like I see that a lot with guys that raced professionally for many years. They just mm-hmm. like cut it off. And for me, it's so, it would be so hard to do that because I love riding so much that I would, I still want to go ride and race on the cage. I'm not saying go out and race series and do all this shit, but it would be hard for me just to throw it all to the side or away. Not saying that you have totally, but like, it, I mean, you had to go through your fire academy and do all these things that you did. You had to, you couldn't ride, but man, like, it's hard for me to realize some of these dudes are just like, I'm done. That's it, and just that's it. They're gone. They don't ride anymore. How was that? Yeah, it's it's funny you ask that question because I I kind of was thinking about this last night. But uh, like a lot of guys, when you race for so long, and it's like, and I, I kind of didn't realize this either until I I got hired as a fireman. And then went through the year of probation mm-hmm. because basically a year of probation is like, okay, you have a job as long as you don't screw up and lose it. Right. So it's like a year full of, of pressure. It's not like agonizing. But you're walking on pins and needles a little bit. Well, you're just always high and tight. You're always, you know, when you're at work, you're, you know, you're minding your P's and Q's. You're, there, you're, there's a, a, a probie game you got to play. You know, you, you're going to get harassment from everybody. And right. It's just to see how you can take it. There's like a game you have to play. So you're always on on your toes. You're always doing something. You're always cleaning. You're always doing this or that. And the minutes you you know, aren't doing something, you need to be studying. When you're home, you can study, you know, because you've got tests coming up. So there's just a lot to it. And I, and I thought, man, after I got off probation, I would go, like on probation, I would go to fires. And you're so amped up and you're thinking, man, I can't screw up. I can't. You know, because you're under not everybody's eye because everybody's got a job to do on the fire ground. But if you screw up as a probie, 
everybody knows about it. Okay. And then, you know, you get yelled at or whatever, made fun of, whatever it is. So going to a fire is like kind of stressful. And I remember like just, you know, getting my gear on and in the back on, make sure my radio's on, doing all this stuff. You're like, you know, your heart rate's already up. They're already you excited. Going racing? Huh? Did that remind you of going racing, like in a main event kind of thing? Well, it, it just, it was the stress. And like, I think that's a lot of people don't realize. Like once I got off probation, I would go to a fire and I was like, oh, I got everything done. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to a fire. This is cool. Right. And I was like calm mm-hmm. to the point where I wouldn't get near as tired as I did when I was on probation. And I was probably in better shape on probation. Hmm. So then I started got thinking about like racing. I'm like, man, you think for, f- I raced professionally for 14 years and you know, every week you're working on something and every week you get to see if that work that you did during the week Pays paid off, off for right. the next couple of weeks with a race. You know, you have like a test every week. So then it's always going back the next week, working on what you wanted to work on. Um, and then you have to be self-motivated to be successful in anything anyway. So you want to be good. Mm-hmm. And there's stress that comes with that, like constantly. So I think you pile that up over years and years and years and years and then injuries and everything that can happen on a, in a motocross career. Guys get to a point where it's like, I remember for me, there was one race in my last year in 08. I was like, I didn't feel good at all on the track. I just was not feeling well at all. And I glanced over and saw the payout for the last chance. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I can at least get sixth in this last chance. And it pays this much. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Hmm. So that's when you knew. That's when I knew I was done. Right. I'm like, this is it's time to be done. If I don't care to be in the main, then I don't need to be here. So... I think a lot of guys push, 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 endure that stress, endure you know the, the daily grind and travel and all that stuff. And then once it's like, it's almost like a relief when it's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do and there's nothing that'll match it. But when you're get to that point where it's, you know, I guess like a uh, current example would be Dungey. He was on top of the world, winning the biggest championship that we have. And then was so stressed out that whole year called it like I, I don't even want to do anymore right so i think it's a little bit of that and that's what kind of for me i don't you know i don't care to go racing as much now because i mean like you see and you know you made fun of me like if i'm gonna go race this vet national <laughs> i want to be prepared well i only make fun of you because you talk shit and you're like yeah i'll go race yeah and then just you know give me a bike and i'll, I'll do it and it's not you make it, you come under the radar like, yeah, I'm just going to do it and just, you know, give me a bike and I'm fine with that and I'll go race and have fun. But then that's how it starts out. Right. And then you fucking start getting a muffler. You start doing these mods we're going to talk about. And then I see I get a call. Hey, I'm getting clamps. I'm like, what in the hell is going on, dude? Like you're just all in and it's I'm talking shit because you weren't you weren't going to do it. You weren't going to be that way. I know it starts out that way, but then. Then you have the reminders like it's it's absolutely horrible for me to go racing and be underprepared. Right. Like even when I go do fire police nationals, you know, there's a couple guys there that I race with. And uh, I think the last time I raced one, I had like stock suspension, stock bike, bald tire. And I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to go race. Just go have fun. Mm-hmm. Well, the moment I get there and the gate drops, I'm competitive. Right. And then I can't do certain things because I 
you know, suspension's a little too soft or whatever it may be. I'm getting pulled up the hills because I have a stock bike. And I get so mad right. that I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this. If I'm going to race, mm-hmm. I'm going to prepare. Do it right. And do it right. So being with that, and we just talked about pressure and stress and all that. Is there, do you feel that way when you go race this, like a race like this? Do you have any pressure or stress or are you well, stressed out on it? Are you nervous already because you're going to go race or, I mean, what is, I mean, I know it's just a, a local ish race, but race, but I'm sure you want to do good. Right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, the, that's the biggest pressure. I just want to do, actually, I just, I want to get, there's like certain things that I want to do. And if I can achieve those things, if I can just get a decent start and go out and ride where I feel like I rode good. Mm hmm. I'm I'm totally happy. So whatever that is. Wherever I finish, I don't really care. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to say I want to go here, I want to win, I want to get a podium, whatever. Right. But if I get a good start and ride what I feel is well for me, then I'm happy. Right. And there's a little bit of pressure because with this story, you know, these people have like sponsors and the expectations of you? Well, they they you know, I want to give them something for what they've given me. Right. So you want to give back to them. Um, they've invested a little, you know, a little bit of time or a lot of time in, in this whole deal. So I'm like, okay, I got to repay those guys. So there's a little bit of pressure there, but, right. um, I'm going to do the best that I can do. And, and wherever that may be is where it falls. I, I don't, right. there's not much more I can do, but having said that, I want to do good. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. I can tell why why you're fucking doing your bike. (laughs) I mean, you know, it would be like you going there and you would go, you going there and going, uh, yeah, I'm just going to ride around. I'm riding a stock bike. Well, your stock bike has the greatest motor of stock bikes and then you have good suspension. (laughs) It's not stock. You're, you're under the radar too. Like, oh, I just like stock graphics. Oh, stock muffler. That's because you've tested all this stuff and you know what's good. You have the best of what you can get on your bike. The stock Yamaha is a good bike. It is. So that's why I chose to keep it that way. So this is not a Yamaha Paga. This is a Kawasaki Joe Alof World Vet National Race Bike. How you want your bike. I feel like it's cool enough to do this because I get a lot of emails. Hey, what are you setting your bike up? I'm going to Glen Helen. I'm going to race this race. So I think some of this, what you're doing, can help to other guys that maybe don't even show up to these World Vet races. And do these things to their bike. So the article is up on keyforinktesting.com. You can read it. But if you guys are in traffic, you guys are exercising, whatever you're doing, listening to this thing right now, we're going to talk about what you did for stage one. This is what you are racing with this weekend. So starting out, go ahead. Let's just start out with the bars and things that you felt like you need to change and why you need to change them. So go ahead. Well, obviously, we started uh, with the bike that I really liked in the Cowie. Um, in stock form, it's really good. There's just a few things um, that I, I needed to change. So it's kind of, I'm in a, a bit of a time crunch because we had basically a month. So I had to kind of narrow it down like, okay, what do we start with first? And the, the first thing for me was like, all right, I like the feel of the bars. The 7 8 bar? Yeah, the 7 8 bar. Mm-hmm. I like how it performs. Um, I like the bend that was on it. I think they. It's a 971 that comes stock with a 971. Let me stop you right there real quick. So Paul Parabinos, formerly at Pro Taper, now with Renthal. Mm-hmm. He's in England at Renthal, t- 
texted me yesterday. We have a debate about seven eighths versus one and one eighths flex character. I tell him, and I'm sure you know this, that a seven eighths crossbar flexes more to me than a one and one eighth crossbar less bar. He says I'm wrong. I said you're high. He he says that a one and one eighths crossbarless bar flexes more than a seven eighths crossbar. And I'm like, there's no way because I can get on that thing and feel how much flex it has. So the guys have a dyno in, in rental in England. He found the numbers. He ran it. And he said, we're both right. <laughs> and he says the way that a seven eighths bar flexes more is if we rolled the bar back into our lap more and yanking the bar from back and forth versus up and down. Okay. The seven eighths um, crossbar uh, bar flexes more back and forth, but if I if we were to put the bar in a normal riding position and going up and down is basically how a rider would feel it for flex. The one and one eighths bar does that better. So yeah, I don't know how, but do you? I mean, a seven eighths bar. Do you feel like you have enough flex? Yeah. I feel like it has a comfortable ride. It right. flexes. And that could probably be like like a, a dyno on a motor. Like the numbers say it's this. Right. Well, on the track, it feels this way. Right. Fuck you, Paul. Dyno <laughs> numbers. So it's probably the same with the bar. Well, the numbers say this. Well, on the track, it feels like this. So I don't know. It's. I'm sure there's – well, I guess he's right. We're, we're, you're both right. And you're on – so sorry to interrupt you, but you are on a crossbar, 1018 bar. Yeah, I went with the the Fusion. Okay. Uh Pro Taper Fusion bar. Um similar bend. I think the the sweep and height are just a little bit different, but very similar bend because I I did like the feel of the stock bars. Mm-hmm. Um so we went with that. I'm I'm very comfortable with that. Um had to get the oversized bar Remarkable. mounts mm-hmm. from Pro Taper, um which bolted together super easy. Um threw the bars on and then I like the third uh waffle soft grips that pro taper has uh threw those on there and we're good to go okay put it adjusted the bar where i wanted it and uh that's where it stayed so that was a simple fix you're in a standard mount position with the triple clamps yes with the bar mount inside the hole like in that standard hole yeah it's the the rear hole okay and the bar mounts i believe are rotated to the forward position and you leave your peg stock you yeah okay I, I i had tried that before um on another bike and i liked with moving the pegs i think like five millimeters back mm-hmm. um but i think that was years ago on a honda and i liked it on that but i tried them different on the cowie and i just kind of stayed with the stock position okay so that was basically all i had to do to like the rider cockpit like the levers I know like when you rode it, you're like, these levers feel like sharp yeah, and thin. thin. For me, I don't know why. I feel like I have a very good feel, like especially with the front brake, you know, coming down the big hills at Glen Helen, I can like modulate it very, very easily. I don't Maybe know why. Maybe because you can wrap your finger around it better Might or be. something? Might be. That's right. kind of what I was thinking. But And I didn't get this information before we started. So what's your height and weight, just so people know? Uh, I'm 5'10". Okay. And I weigh... One, I've actually lost a little weight preparing for this. All right. So I'm like uh, 194, 195. Okay. I was right up around 200 pounds before right. I did all this. 
So moving on to you, uh, I know that you you have ties with Pro Circuit. You're good friends with Bones over there, and mm-hmm. uh, you decided to do some of their stuff. So, which is good because I get a lot of emails about, hey, how does Pro Circuit stuff work on the Cowie? And I know you're you're pretty much no bullshit. And if it didn't work very good, you would either tell Bones or tell me. And so far, you put that stuff on and it seems to be okay. Yeah, for the this first part of it, um, I just went with the the Tie Six exhaust. Obviously, it um, saves some weight, like a pound and a half. Uh, looks better, all that stuff. Uh, not to downplay it, but <laughs> it does. That stock muffler looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's obviously better. And then I wasn't really looking to change the power delivery much. Mm-hmm. I just wanted more. Okay. So the the stock power's got good roll on, good kind of bark off the bottom, and then it pulls. You know, fairly. Well, I don't want to call it linear. Because it's not linear, it's it, but it just has a nice progressive pull all the way through. It does, yeah, it does sign off a little bit on the stock muffler, mm-hmm. a little bit early. Um, the pro circuit signs off earlier than the stock. No, the stock oh. signs off earlier than a, the PC. A bit early, yeah. Got it. Okay. So when I bolted the the pro circuit on, um, it just improved kind of everywhere. That that roll on power, you know, a little bit of torque down low was good, made it better. Um, and then the like the mid range pull and up through like when you're grabbing gears and pulling up a hill, it just kind of improved that, but kept the same characteristic of the smooth delivery, but strong. Okay. And uh, and then did provide a little more over rev because you know you get lazy or whatever and right. don't want to shift and I could either shift here and I'm going to have to shift back down in a couple seconds or I could leave it. And sometimes I do that. I guess that's what recovery comes in play. We call that recovery is like, hey, I want to leave it in third gear in this corner and it'll, you know, get back up in the me, the power ASAP. Yeah. Where the stock one may be a little lethargic that way. Stock one took a little, yeah, a little longer to recover. You can lug it in third and it picks up quicker with the PC exhaust. And then uh, also like if, you know, you miss a shift or don't want to shift, it'll rev. Like say you're going to leave it in second or whatever. It'll rev a little longer as well. Did you leave uh, the Pro Circuit insert inside of the muffler? Uh, I took it out, and I ha- I'm going actually probably tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, and test. I'm going to put an insert back in mm-hmm. and uh, kind of see what that does. I, I was going to do it yesterday when we wrote a milestone, but it's kind of hard for me to tell stuff at milestone because it's not right. I leave uh, so I'm running a Pro Circuit this weekend. Um. And I leave my insert slash spark ruster in. Yeah. It runs better. I have more back pressure. So I get some more of that, that initial touch, that low end feel. Mm-hmm. I might lo- I might have lost a little bit over rev top end, but for me, I can shift earlier. So a lot of these, if you're listening out there and you have your pro circuit muffler and it gets shipped to you and you look inside of it and you see that spark ruster in there and you're a moto guy, chill down. Don't go ape shit yet and start ripping shit out of that thing. Then you have this freaking big ass hole in there. You think it's going to be better? Maybe not. Okay, so give it a whirl with that insert in first. Then, if you want to experience life and do other shit, take it out, do a back to back comparison. But don't just rip it out because sometimes it just kills bottom end. And you're like, oh, this muffler is a piece of shit. Well, there's no back pressure now, so. Yep. Don't hate on a screen if you see it in there. So I know some moto guys are wired like, and I was too back in the day. I don't want a screen. I'm not an off-road guy. I don't need a screen. Yeah. Well, it might be there for a reason. So give it a chance. 
So. Yeah. So I'll uh, hopefully that'll be in phase two. That's something I am going to try tomorrow. Right. It's commercial time. Do not forward it. There's some quality info in here. Please. Thank you. Please hold. Here they are. Commercial. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right there on board with the KieferInkTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being, and he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high-compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. And I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com You looking to get a new hoodie for the wintertime? How about a hat? Or how about you're just going to be a good boyfriend or a husband and get your wife or chick something cool like a tank top or maybe even some socks? Go to FMFRacing.com. Look cool at the track. Look cool when you go to dinner. Nothing else says I ride dirt bikes more than an FMF hat and t-shirt. Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some dough. You can look cool, thank me later, get best dressed awards as you walk down the sidewalk. And hey, 
If I see you at the track wearing your FMF swag, chances are you will win something from Kiefer Inc. Testing. So do it. Go to fmfracing.com. Get yourself some swag. Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money. I will see you at the track with your FMF swag. Hey, are you guys looking for a battery for your bike? Is it dead? Are you pushing the button and nothing happens? Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries. Longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains. Very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep. Still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool. Firepowerparts.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips. Come on. I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink Testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper. Protaper.com. Hey, we're back with the show with Joe and I, BSing. Thanks for holding tight, listening to the commercials. Here we go. Man, I really would like to talk ECU stuff, but we're going to save that for stage two. Yep. Um, but we we moved on to some engine mounts. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of 50-50 over here on engine mounts. On some bikes, it works. Some bikes, I think it's a placebo effect almost. Like, oh, it looks shiny. It's new. It's saying it's going to do this. So I might think it does that automatically, but... Sometimes I think it's bullshit. Um, I had a good experiences with on 2018 Hondas. We had good experiences with on RMZ 450. Mm-hmm. And FCP offered to give you a chance to try them at Glen Helen. So you ran them and. Yeah, it was uh, like 4 o'clock at Glen Helen. Track was crap. Berms blown out, rough. We had just done a moto where you wore me out. And then... Uh, <laughs> He bolted them on and, and said, okay, go try them. And for me, it was an improvement. Um, for Basically, for me, they're, they're like, they take the edge off all those sharp bumps and those sharp hits. And, like, I'm a big comfort guy. Like uh, we've said in the past, you know, if I can get something that makes me feel comfortable or I can go and ride once a week and hop on my bike and feel good instantly, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm going for. If I was probably... Maybe it would be different if I was riding a lot and was able to get, you know, ride more aggressively because you're riding every other day or whatever it is. Then I think a lot of stuff would change. Like my suspension settings would be stiffer. I would like a stiffer bike, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, more of a hit on power. But when you don't have that constant riding time, you tend to, you know, go with softer settings, this and that. So that's what the the FCP mounts do for me. Um, A lot of... A lot of the bumps at Glen Helen on that day were sharp, like acceleration chop coming out. And it just basically has a characteristic that takes a little bit of that first initial spike 
um, when you hit those bumps and then it helps calm the chassis. So when you hit those things, it doesn't upset the chassis and, and gets all out of whack or like deflects. It kind of soaks up a little bit of that uh, inertia initial hit. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just kind of disperses a little bit and keeps the chassis calm. And the, the biggest spot where I noticed it that day and I noticed it like two corners in was um, an inside rut, bumpy getting into it, a shallow inside rut. And as soon as I got through the braking bumps and got off the brakes and sat to corner, the bike just sat right in that rut where before it was good, but I would, I would have to kind of work to get it in there and make sure I did everything right mm-hmm. before it would stay and it, it, or get in there. And then staying, it was like, okay, I couldn't push it too much or it would pop out with those. It kind of sat settled in and I could push it a little more. And then, uh, you know, on the exit with all the high speed chop and square edges that were there, it, it helped kind of soak that up. So it, you know, just made all those sections that were takes a little more effort, um, without them right. and maybe a little stiffer chassis to kind of overcome it and made it easier to ride. Was there any area going back and forth that these mounts that the bike was worse like in an area like uh, maybe it's not as good here than it is with the stock mounts um i haven't found it yet if there is i i rode them a couple days after that at Glen helen mm-hmm. or not Helen, i'm sorry at milestone and i thought well this will be good they've got some different obviously a different track different setup bigger jumps more g outs um, like in the little whoop section there, yeah. if you jump into the face of some of those, mm-hmm. um, there's just some areas where the chassis gets loaded differently, you know, and it's not as like high speed square edge chop. So I thought maybe it would get a little wallowy feeling. Um, but I didn't notice that. So, uh, for me, no negatives. And we haven't really yet. had that. I want to say like here in California, we don't have huge tractors that till up the dirt gnarly you know we're not really deep in the soil i don't think you've ridden a truck that's really deep right with those mounts no and that might be and that's kind of where having stiffer settings with suspension stiffer chassis in those deeper areas that's where that type of bike will feel better right and that's the thing too if you guys are listening you know you're sticking these parts on a Kawasaki. It's going to react differently to different soils, different terrain, different tracks. You know, if you do have these mounts and you're putting these mounts on and you're back east and you have stock suspension, maybe these mounts will work if you have a correct suspension setting that will, you know, maybe stiffen that up a little bit because you might get too wallowy in some of that soft stuff or on diesel. So, Suspension settings will go hand-in-hand with engine mounts. I know coming from a production testing background that we test a crap ton of engine mounts, and then we do have a setting, or when we have a we have a suspension spec that we think is good, and then we go, oh, we need to try some engine mounts. I'm like, wow, the suspension doesn't feel as good. So then we go back, and we have to adjust the suspension settings to the engine mount. So everything reacts to another thing. If you change something, it's going to affect another thing. So... Um, the suspension setting that you have, I think, what we'll talk about in phase two is stiffer. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is another reason why these mounts can work better as well. So, Yeah, and that's the whole key and probably the hardest thing about testing is getting all those combinations right. right. Like you get suspension that you feel good on with stock, say, engine mounts, 
And then you try engine mounts and go, oh, okay, it doesn't feel as good. So then you have to readjust all your suspension settings again. And finding that combination can be very, very hard. And I think, too, like for me, you know, it's comfort. Right. I'm not, I grew up back east. So I like yeah, you would know, soft right? tracks. Yeah. You know, not probably not as much anymore because I don't ride them, but the soil in California is it's always it's more of a hard base and it's slick and it's still not that that comfortable to me. Right. And the square edge choppy bumps and the, the nervous feeling chassis that you can get away with on softer, deeper tracks, you can't get away with out here. Right. So that's why a lot of my stuff is geared towards comfort because I didn't grow up riding this stuff and it's yeah. still foreign to me. So yeah. that's out the here big on the West Coast. Our stuff is, I guess I wouldn't say Europe-ish because our stuff is harder. So I tend to run softer settings out here, and then when I have gone back east, I run my stuff stiffer, just because it's so grabby. The dirt mm -hmm. is so grabby. I remember going to uh, Monster Mountain, and I'm like, wow, I got to really stiffen my stuff up because it's so much traction. Mm -hmm. and you let off throttle on throttle it the bike moves a lot more than here yeah. Where here you're spinning a lot you know so the rear tire is spinning there's not a lot of action you know forward and back and then when you guys are listening you guys are back east you guys are rolling the throttle on out of a corner dude it's squatting because you got traction right and then you let yeah. off and that front tire is grabbing the dirt and pitching you so everything is like like joe said everything goes hand in hand with one another and if you want to make life easier on yourself, you know, just find something that's comfortable for you. Stick with that. Learn technique. Try to ride harder. I got some buddies out there that are novice riders, and they mess with their bikes too much. There's a fine line where I understand that you guys want to make your bikes the best, but sometimes it boils down to the rider. Like, you got to make yourself better at some point before your bike. So, yeah, that's just something I think about when I see guys doing all these things to their bikes i'm like yeah just just ride it stock for a bit it's it's good it's not yeah. as bad as you think it is so um anything about the kawasaki that uh, without jumping ahead to the to our phase two thing anything that you would like kawasaki to change for 2021 what do you think they could do to their bike to make it better because obviously the yamaha won a lot of shootouts this year kawasaki finished second in a lot they finished mm -hmm. second in our bracket shootout what would make it better and beat the Yamaha? Uh, for me, the Yamaha motor was unreal. So I think if Cowie were to boost their power to, to make it, I mean, if you could match Yamaha's motor, because Yamaha's motor is powerful, but very, very rideable. Right. Cowie's motor is very, very rideable, but it's not as powerful. Okay. So if they could boost their power... Um, uh, to to kind of get in that same ballpark as the Yamaha, and I think for me, um, being a little bigger guy, um, the forks were a little soft stock, so I think if they could, uh, it's hard to say because you know there's a target area, and I'm probably on the the heavier end of that target area. So for me though, um, if I could have a little stiffer setting on the fork. And then more power. Um, that's really pretty much it for me as far as something they could do to, to their stock bike. Right. Anything else you want to add before we uh, head off to the races this weekend about this bike? 
Um, I just want to thank some people. Okay. If I can do well, that. Podium speech is already. Yeah. He's not even at the races yet, people, and he's already thanking people. Well, yeah. If if, if by <laughs> chance I was having to get on the podium, I would probably forget because I'd be so happy. I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to Disneyland. So, but there's a there's a lot of work that goes into this, um, and there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the one well three weeks time that a lot of people have kind of bent over backwards for me and and put out effort. So I want to. Make sure I thank them as much as I can. And here's the thing, too. Not even to thank them. Like, uh, people come up to me and say, Ah, oh, Kiefer, you're going to suck some guy's dick and not say it's bad. You know, the parts are, are, you know, if you test a part, you know, you're not going to say it's bad or you're just going to say everything's good. That's not the truth. I've done that. It doesn't really help anybody, right? And I'm not going to bash someone. I want to try to make all these companies' parts better. That's what I, my job is. We're using these companies that you're about to thank or people because mm-hmm. you trust them and it actually works. That's why we're here talking about it. We're not here talking about these parts. And then as soon as this podcast is over, like, dude, that thing sucks balls. Like we just had to lie about this whole thing. You know, I, I'm not about that. That's not why I'm here. It's not why I'm trying to do what I do. Yes. You are thanking these companies and yes, these things actually do work. So that's why you're here. I mean, I'm sure you're not like that. You're not built that way either. You don't want to put something on your bike that's a piece of shit because just because you know the dude. Yeah. No, I I can't. And I'm and kind of part of the reason why I want to thank people on this is because I'm thankful. I'm Mm -hmm. a very thankful person. I'm just not vocal about it. Like that sounds that sounds weird. I just say, hey, if I say thank you, Mm -hmm. then I really mean it. Right. And I'm very sincere in it. And I really thank you. But it comes out like, hey, man, thanks. And that's it. And sometimes people are like, okay, so I just did all this work for you and all you said was thanks. <laughs> and that's not how I mean it to come off. Right. But you're a man of few words. Yeah. It kind of goes that way, but I don't blow sunshine either. Right. You know, Bones and I are good friends and, uh, there's been times where I like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like it. Right. And he's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? And I look at him like, I don't know. You're the suspension guy. You tell me. And it's like, well, uh, yeah. you know, and we go back and forth. But at the end of the day, we figure this stuff out. And if you're able to take that criticism and, and work with it, yeah, then that's the goal. Right. Yeah. And I've worked with many engineers that can't take criticism. They have their baby, which is their part that they birthed, you know, and came mm-hmm. up with. Yep. And then they have this test rider, some asshole like me, test it and saying it's no good. And they look at you like, well, fuck you. What yeah, it's no good. It says everything right here. It says it, it will be good. So, yeah, Dino people, Dino says this. Yeah. Well, track says this. Right. So. Sometimes people aren't as nice as others. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first, I got to start off with Pro Circuit. Uh, they, they've done a lot for me. Um, obviously, Mitch kind of gave the okay to all this, uh, this whole project. So I want to thank him for that. Um, you know, putting in effort to a, a washed up. No, never was to race a vet race. You know, isn't a high pri- on his priority, but he made it a priority, and uh, I want to thank him for that. Obviously, I want to thank Bones. He got the ball rolling on that. Retired Bones. He is retired, and I keep pulling him out of retirement. He's going to get mad at me, but um, he did uh, kind of get the ball rolling all this, and it's kind of directed me, so I want to thank Bones for that. Schneike for doing a little work. Uh, Dan in the warehouse. Camilla, who's been a, a dream to work with. Luke in the suspension department. Um, hey, Luke's a good dude. Yeah. Luke came from Race Tech. I'm yeah. obviously came from WP as well. Yeah, he's been around a little bit and very knowledgeable and great to work yeah, with. Yeah, I didn't know he was at Pro Circuit until I saw him there. I thought he was still at Race Tech. Yeah. 
So it's cool to see him over there. Yeah. It's going to help Pro Circuit a lot. Yeah, I just met him a couple weeks ago. He's been great to work with. Yep. Uh, and even the guys in his suspension department, Ralph and Eddie, who, you know, behind the scenes guys doing the work, and uh, Josh in the uh, in the service department helped me out with a few things too. So I want to thank him and uh, the rest of the people at Pro Circuit. Um, Randy Valade, now at Pro Taper. Yeah. Thank him for. It's weird. He was an answer. Now, since Paul left, he took Paul's job. Yep. Yeah. So he uh one email and sent me the the pro taper products I wanted and no questions asked. Look, that was, that was no, awesome. Straight up, and this no bullshit. I love Paul, uh-huh. but Rental it's a uh, it's stiff bar, dude. It's it's rigid for me, even their fat bar. Well, so I'm gonna leave that to you and Paul. I'm not getting in the middle of that. I'm just saying, There's pro a taper lot of, has good shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, the FCP mounts, Chris Palm at FCP. Uh, thank you for doing that. Um. Answer Racing has always helped me attempt to look good. Fly Racing Dark. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Jay at Dunlop for getting me some tires, and um, Rick with Technical Touch, he got me some X-Trig uh, oh. clamps that I may be trying my tomorrow. Oh, God. That Kiefer is just like, oh, Woo! my God, you're you're all into the bling now. And, he, you know, you've been giving me so much crap for not looking good. i got to start looking good. So. Well, this looks, they, I got I got look good, Dave. I got look said, good. Let's get the gear first, well, and then work your way into it. Bike's most important. I can. Hey, Jimmy Pardue rides in Dickie's pants <laughs> and goes that is fast. True. I so got no comeback for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, the boys at Henson, Ron and Ronnie, for always taking care of me. Austin, uh, who made me some really good looking graphics. I'm MGX Unlimited. Wow. I can't wait to get those I on. My bike see, will be looking good. Gonna I'm gonna be, be taking pictures. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, for you. Uh, Kevin at Amsoil, Matrix Stands, and then uh, Rich at X Brand. For uh, I don't have the best vision anymore. Clear. Yes, I'm Clear old. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Rich, for Rich is a good dude. Giving me some uh, different color lenses, different tints. Did you get the new goggle yet? Um, not no. yet. It's I'm kind of like he's been saying it's coming for a while. Well, I, I don't push that though because I'm like old school. You know, yeah, I grew up with that Carrera. You know, in the Scott eighty nine, fucking quick straps. Yeah, you had Scott eighty nines. I had I had vents back in the day. Remember vents? Vents, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because I had glasses when I was younger. God, those things were huge. Yep. Yeah. I was a big Smith guy because that was like one of my first sponsors. Like Hook Taylor and and uh, Rich was you know Mm -hmm. Smith was my guy, and then Danny was my guy at Smith for a while, and then it was Dale Spangler at Smith. Yeah, Ohio guy. So I was Smith through and through. I was Warp the Warp goggles. Mm-hmm. When I got fifty percent off, I thought I was fuck. I, I had gear racewear and Smith goggles. That was my shit. But That's Rich, good. you should bring your goggle out because Oakley goggles are damn good. I'm sorry, air brakes. Uh, I'll pay. Here we go. Hundred dollars for air brakes all day. Here we go. <laughs> gotta wear them because they're cool. It's like uh, having an iPhone. Everybody's got an iPhone. I gotta have. Yeah, one. I don't trust anybody with the green thing on oh, my phone. Here we go. Here um, we, go. Oh, we have a buddy, David Martinez. Uh huh. That's what you are right now. Joe Martinez, you got clamps, <laughs> and my buddy David. Uh, Shit, Keith, I gotta look good. I gotta <laughs> look good. Got, he he's uh, he's a fireman as well. He rides. He loves riding dirt bikes. Loves it. Um, but his shit is looking like like if you would see his bike, you would think we're in Anaheim one. It is the best looking bike always. He somehow some days he'll go out and ride. He'll be the first one out there. His bike will get a little bit dirty. Yeah. I'll go out and ride the exact same time. I'll come back. My bike will be filthy. Fucked. He goes out and rides again. 
his bike comes back cleaner. It's like he has some kind of repellent, mud I, repellent. I don't know how he does it. And it never sticks. Yeah. So you know what I did? I rode his bike the other day. I went through every fucking mud hole I could and got it so <laughs> dirty just so he could go home and wash it. Yeah. And he was probably, he probably hasn't talked to you since. And he was a little bit mad. He's like, that's not cool, kid. That's yeah. not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and if, but the point is, David, he has a brand new 2020 Yamaha that he got from Power Motorsports, which helps us here on this podcast. He went out and got some X-Trigs. I just leave the stock clamps on, Dave. You don't need X-Trigs at this point in your juncture of your bike. Well, he doesn't have a – he's still got a stock muffler, so that, that's killing that's, him. That is that's killing tearing him. him apart, dude. He's calling <laughs> Pro Circuit. He's calling Camilla. Ah, how did, ah, what's the dyno numbers? What's the power rating? I'm like, dude, you have access to me. I'll tell you what's good and what's not good, but he's calling these companies. It, it, it's killing him, dude. And it, it – it's Joe awesome. Martinez. Well, okay. So yeah. that that's you. You're going to. Get I got X trig clamps. They they said, "Hey, do you want to try these?" And I said, "Okay," because it would be great for the story, and people want to know. Uh huh. It'd be great content for Kiefer's website. Uh huh. And I get shit for it. I don't get oh, it. God. All right. So it's this weekend, World Vets. Hey, if you guys are interested in the Kawasaki, go look up Power Motorsports, and uh, they have great deals. If you guys want a great deal, email me, Chris at KieferInkTesting dot com. I'll get you in touch with someone over there, David at Power Motorsports. Basically, our buddy David got his brand new Yamaha for eighty five hundred bucks. He's blowing smoking deal, dude. Two thousand nineteen Cowies and two thousand and twenty Cowies, very cheap. So uh, hit me up. I'll get you guys the best deal, and uh, that's what we try to do over here. We try to get you guys uh, into riding with less cost, even if you are getting a brand new bike. It's tough to do these days, right? All right, so. The battle continues Saturday. We're here. We're going to race. We're doing it. Yeah. So we're not race. friends Saturday, people. I'm not going to look at Joe. No. Nope. I'm not going to look his way. I'm not going to talk shit. I'm just gonna, we're going to be friends after Moto2. I don't drink. I wouldn't Maybe. say I would have a beer with you afterwards, but I don't drink. Maybe I'll make you have one. Yeah. If I, if I win, I will have a beer. If you win, you should have a beer. If I win, you're having 10 beers. <laughs> if you win, you're having 10 beers. So <laughs> there's no one beer. Oh, no. So yep. we have a lot of good competition, though. I think Brownie's going to show up, so I think we're fucked anyway. Yeah, Brownie. I'll take him so out. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Brownie stays home. So if you're listening, Brownie, just stay home. Yeah, just Don't stay even home. come. Tennessee's beautiful this time of year. He's Leaves out here. He's out here training oh, the Troy Lee kids. God. So he's chomping at the bit to ride. So I told him, you don't need to do this. Like it, it means nothing to you. You've done enough. You're Loretta's champion. You've done enough. You're Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah, you're Mike fucking Brown, dude. All right, thanks, Joe. We'll uh, we'll do this maybe again next week or the week after for phase two. We'll okay. talk about the race. Yep. See if we're both depressed or we're both happy. Yeah. We'll get all the emotions out on this podcast. All right. Hopefully they're good emotions. All right, thanks. All right. <laughs>